to identify yourself as a Christian and as a particular lifestyle at the same time is actually a form of a Jesus plus gospel. I don't identify myself as a Christian and a guy, and a guy with Asperger's. My identity is in Christ alone. Here's a question. What is your identity? And where do you place your identity in? Stay with us. Hey guys, welcome to this week's Grace and Truth. I'm a grateful gospel-centered disciple of Jesus Christ who struggles yet perseveres, and my name is Dave. I hope and pray that you're doing well. Today's podcast, entitled May I See Some ID, was broadcasted live on Facebook on November 9th, 2020. Let's begin with prayer. Father God, Adonai, we thank you that you are still with us. And Lord, we don't understand what it is that you do, but we know that you are doing something. And we anticipate what you're going to do in the midst of it all. Lord, I ask that as I talk about this subject, I recognize there are going to be some people who won't be too thrilled and others who will find hope. Ultimately, ultimately, Lord, would you remind me that I am to be submissive to you and you alone, and that my job is to simply point people to your gospel. Please speak through me as your messenger this evening. May this be an encouragement and a challenge to those who need to hear it. May your gospel be in the center of this message. What we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. What we are not, make us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I'll tell you, a lot of us have had moments where we think that something looks great and it doesn't look too much of a big deal but sometimes the things that we look at might actually be sinful and sometimes the things that we do a lot of time a lot of the times the things that we do are sinful as well and we try to find ways to get out of it Um, i'm no exception i've had that happen to me several times and um, in the past throughout this year especially during this um, time of this pandemic god has really been teaching me the importance of being able to acknowledge the fact that when I sin, I have to admit it. Um, I mean, God makes it clear to us as believers to confess your sins to each other and pray for one another so that you may be healed. What I was reminded of is that um, every time I sin, in these past few months, I've I've just been just moving towards despair and saying, Lord, I have sinned, and a lot of healing takes place. And it's given me all the more reason to try to avoid sin, even when I can't, because of my human human nature. But the desire not to has been so helpful. 
Unfortunately, a lot of us humans usually use whatever we do, whether it be um, our careers or our lifestyles or our struggles as a way to define who we are. But the reality is that's not what defines who we are. Our identity is in Christ alone. And when I heard a message last week, and I'm going to point you guys to that message um, later on, um, it really was a reminder to me of how much I need God and how much I need to surrender myself to him even more and to be able to recognize that when I sin, I am to confess it and to not get out of it. There is no uh, get out of sin free card like that. Um, the only person who, the only one who can actually free us from our sins is Jesus. Now, because we're still human beings, we're still going to sin here on earth, but it doesn't stop us from desiring to grow in our relationship with Jesus. Now, I titled this message um, a rather interesting one. May I see some ID? And the reason why I called it that is because um, a lot of people that I've met, especially at previous churches and young adults groups, is that they will say things like, they make a proclamation of faith, and then they get baptized. And then all of a sudden, the moment they get baptized and start getting engaged with the church, they start to stray away. And then they come back and say, I'm a Christian, but I'm also living this lifestyle or identifying themselves as that lifestyle. But that is a problem because 95% of the time, those particular lifestyles are sinful. And to even, to, to even make it even more um, important, to identify yourself as a Christian and as a particular lifestyle at the same time is actually a form of a Jesus plus gospel. I don't identify myself as a Christian and a, and a guy with Asperger's. My identity is in Christ alone, and I happen to struggle with Asperger's. I happen to have a diagnosis. But my diagnosis doesn't define who I am. Yet, even in the midst of that, that diagnosis, my struggle with Asperger's, has been used to point me even closer, to draw me closer and closer with my Savior. And that's really, really important to keep in mind. Now, I want to read to you guys a passage of Scripture, and we'll start with the book of James. Um, I have selected scripture tonight, and the first one is James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. So if you have a Bible, turn your Bibles there. James chapter 4, verses 1 through 10. And I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. I'm going to be reading a lot of passages tonight, um, particularly mostly three. But this is the first one that I want to point to. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you, you do not ask. You ask and, you do, and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, 
Do you not know that the friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded, be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning, and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Those are strong words. And even that really got me, especially. You know, whenever I do these guys, I have to remind myself that I'm also teaching myself when I do this. So you're not alone. I'm on this journey with you guys as well. And the moment I heard this passage from the resource that I'm gonna to refer to at the end of this broadcast, it really, it was really convicting. Because the reality is, I used to live a double lifestyle before I went through a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. I used to think that I could be a Christian and then live the life that I wanted to. And that didn't work. It only led people to question who I was in Christ and think, He's, he can't be a Christian. And you know something? I probably wasn't a Christian during that time frame. It wasn't until... I had to surrender myself to God on February 6, 2015. Prior to that, I tried to do good works in order to achieve favor from God as well. That didn't work either. That's why we have sola fide. That's why we have sola gratia. Just, we are justified by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone. You know, as I mentioned, with my involvement with CR. And you have to remember, I barely talk about my CR experience here on these broadcasts because I like to try to keep my CR life and my, um, my other life separate from what I do here. Um, besides, there are a lot of friends that I know who, who would be very, very uncomfortable if people told, told others, so-and-so's in Celebrate Recovery. Now, I'm open about my involvement but there are others who are not open about it. So, yeah, I wanted to give you that clarification. I do want to point out one of the steps that I think is important for us because um, it actually points to tonight's message. Now, again, it is not often that you're going to see me use a CR step in these programs, but just this once I'm going to do it for you. Okay. Listen closely. We continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And they quoted 1 Corinthians 10, 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Now, whenever I teach a CR lesson, I use the NIV because CR uses all these paraphrases. And if you know me, you know that I can't stand paraphrases. I can't stand them at all. I like to go deep into the word 
in a more accurate translation. And the NIV was the one that I grew up with. But of course, I've been leaning more towards um, the ESV and the NASB for in-depth study, especially on Wednesday nights with my, uh, with my Bible study group. But when I'm with you guys, or if I'm at church, I'll use ESV, and that's what I'm going to use right now. I'd like to reread that verse that I just quoted, this time from the ESV and in its entirety for contextual reasons. So we're going to focus on verses 10, chapter 10, verses 6 through 13. Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. Not grump, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but, these, but they were written down for our instruction, on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. I want to point out, in, in connection to that passage, that when we sin, our tendency is to shift the blame on somebody. And 95% of the time, we usually shift that blame on the devil. But the reality is the whole idea of the devil made me do it doesn't work because he tempts us and we can either choose to resist him or give into it. Overall, it's our, res it's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. We have to take responsibility for our actions. When we give into temptation, it's our responsibility. We chose to we chose to give into it. Now, if you look back in the book of Genesis, which is what my multi-church Bible study group is studying on Wednesday nights, we looked at Adam and Eve when we first started our study. And one of the things that we noticed is that when Eve took a bite out of the forbidden fruit and then she gave it to her husband and he ate it, they shifted the, the blame on others. They, they clothed themselves in, in, um, in leaves and then God comes over and says, Adam, Eve, where are you? They tried to hide from him, of course, but of course, hide and seek doesn't work with God. And when he confronts them, they blame each other. Well, Eve, of course, is blaming the serpent, and Adam is like, well, you gave me this woman. This is something that we all struggle with as human beings. We, we shift the blame on other people. 
That is a problem. That is a humongous problem. We need to own up to our own responsibilities. And instead of saying, the devil made me do it, just to acknowledge, Lord, I have sinned. And a lot of times we forget that God is already with us, whether we know it or not. Hey guys, we're out of time for today, but we will continue this message next week. Thanks for listening. You can contact me at my website, chewmadenew.com, or you can call me at 510-516-CHEW. That's 510-516-2439. Or you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, peace out and God bless. Cinco's!